Okay guys, thanks for joining us for uh, our second interview. Today we have Alan Murphy who is Head Tutor and Course Coordinator of Image Fitness uh, based in Cork and in Waterford. Uh, Alan, I personally know Alan from, he was the first tutor I had and I classed him as a mentor of mine, so I'm really delighted he came in to speak to us today. Uh, today what we're going to discuss is going to be the fitness industry today, mental health and fitness, and also going to be discussing anxiety and how like you training can help with that. So, Alan, thanks for coming in. No problem. If you so want to just... Going, uh, back up, going back a while for you. Yeah, yeah 2012. <laughs> so, if you want to just tell you a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, what you're... What you're yeah, so I run uh, Image Fitness Training. Uh, we're an education provider in the fitness industry, as you know, uh, providing fitness instruction, PT, group qualifications, upskilling for PTs and so on. So that's what I do. Okay, so I suppose you're definitely in a position to speak on where you think the fitness industry is, fitness industry is right now compared to where it was maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, uh, I think even if you go five years ago, when you, if you were on with me in 2012, so going back seven years, it's changed even since then, a hell of a lot since then. Uh, I think if you go at 10 years ago, fitness industry probably was people maybe becoming more comfortable with training, more people were training than ever before, without having to be involved with sport, do you know? Uh, flash forward 10 years, it's been great, and it's been not so great, nearly all rolled into one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It has its, but that'll happen in everything. You get the positive side of everything, you get the negative side of everything. Uh, but what has happened in the last 10 years, I suppose, now it's so commonplace for everybody to train. Like, so for example, you're talking about going back 10 years. If you go back 20 years, so when you go back 20 years, I, I started training about 20, 21 years ago. Uh, back then, if I arrived, if I arrived in somewhere like this, where the t-shirt that was fitted t-shirt on me, that people would have stared at you. Yeah. People would have looked at you like something wrong with you. You know, when I even when I would say 21, 22, I would have been training a couple of years at that stage, walk down the street like a big guy or whatever, people would stare at you. Now it's more commonplace. There's plenty of big guys, plenty of fit girls, plenty of, of everything. You see fitness all over the place. Yeah. So 20 years to now is gigantic difference. Yeah. There is a big difference between 10 years and now, but 20 years is massive. So like, I suppose it is great to see that, you know, people yeah. are definitely as health conscious as they've probably ever been. 20 years ago in Ireland, the business that you run here, people coming in paying for a PT wouldn't have happened yeah. so easily. It just wouldn't, it just wouldn't have happened. People yeah. just pay, The idea of somebody paying money for somebody to train them just was not a consciousness. Didn't happen. Well, it did happen, but it probably happened with people who were maybe into bodybuilding, into a sport. When I was, when I was 20 and I was going competing, uh, the first year I was going competing, now it was kind of like my first year in training. Uh, I looked for a personal trainer and I found one. I'm from Tipperary, right? So I, I was a country boy from Clonmel and Tipperary and I found one somewhere in Kilkenny, right? So that means yeah. I'd have to have gotten into my car, tra <coughs> travel all the way down to Kilkenny to get a one-on-one -on -one PT, PT session with somebody. So you're talking about the bones of an hour's journey down, an hour's journey back, an hour for training. So it's going to be half a day gone. Yeah. Whereas like you Google it now and you have 10 and you find a trainer. Yeah, five yeah but thank God because now you've got a variety of trainers and you've got somebody who will resonate with you, not just a personal trainer, who may or may not have an interest in what they're doing, number one. Do they have a passion for doing, number two? And are they kind of resonating with what it is that you want to do, number three, do you know? So, so now you've got variety and you have a choice. Yeah, let, let, let's speak a little bit about passion. 
I suppose like you come across trainers, you come across like you do loads of trainers have come through through, through ranks in image fitness. Yeah. Uh, and I'm assuming you can identify very quickly like where where people have passion and where people might be doing it for yeah. maybe just themselves yeah, to yeah. improve their own knowledge. And I have no problem with people doing it for themselves. I have absolutely no problem with people doing it for themselves. Coming in, getting a bit of information because I get people like I've had two doctors on the course. I've had plenty of guards on the course who may take it to work with them. I've had pl- lots of school teachers who may take it to work with them and implement it. So that's fine. And I don't, I don't even mind if someone's coming in saying, I'll never use this ever. I want to learn a bit for myself. I'll go to the gym. I'm going to do a bit of training. I'm going to get a bit healthier or whatever. I say, absolutely fine. Yeah, that's really But I do ask them day one, what, why are you here? So then I can see, if somebody says, I want to go out to the fitness industry. I want to become a trainer. I want to become credible. I want to work in this industry. Then I have to keep an eye for what Yeah. And I suppose just on the industry, but more is people keep saying it's something that I don't fully agree with the same, but they say it's a flooded market. Now that for me, uh, yes, it might be a busy market, but it's a growing market. Yeah. And if it's a flooded market, but you're a standout PT, then... Yeah. It's one of the only industries that grew really well during the recession. Because when people people were suffering, for whatever way they were suffering, one way to alleviate all that is to train. Now, I've been doing that for years, telling other people that they should do that for years. Well, people really got it. Yeah. They started training. So people say to me, oh, you know, you're turning out X amount of trainers every year. I'm saying, yeah, but we have a percentage of those who will work in the industry and a a high percentage who won't because they chose that. It's not because they can't. It's because they just chose that. And that's absolutely fine. But it's like everything. Look at the Royal College of Surgeons in Dublin. Look at any accounting uh, qualification. Look at any even high-level professional. There, There are many people that come into that industry every year. How many will be the people who will be standout, passionate, their undying love for something, and they'll pour that into what they do. That's Very the person. Yeah. You know, like if I needed, if I need a solicitor tomorrow, if I got into trouble, I need a solicitor tomorrow. I don't. I don't want a solicitor. I want a this this. Who yeah. is the person to go for the problem that I have that I want to deal with? Yeah. Same way with accounting. Same with anything. A doctor. If something is wrong with you, if you know, if any deficiency or whatever, I want to go to somebody who's going to tell me exactly what I need to know, and I want to be told now. Yeah, and it is. It is that's the passion. passion. It is, yeah, and that, that's a yeah. key thing. And right? I'm a, I'm a passionate person, and it's probably one one of my issues is is that I'm a very passionate passionate person so then when you tend to meet somebody who's maybe less than passionate I have to adjust myself for them to say well they're not in the same position as me yeah do you know but there's no harm though because we're training people who are younger to allow them to see what passion looks like so they can actually then start to pour themselves into something yeah we have a snowflake generation we We have a snowflake they are melting under heat yeah apply a little bit of heat or pressure and they're melting yeah that's, that's our biggest problem. And do you think with that, uh, just going, I suppose, a bit off topic, but like, you know, is it a case of we have to accept and adapt to that? Or is it a case of we go, like, you know, give them a little shake and say, you know. Okay, so we've got a choice here. So we currently have, I, I refer to this enough for a generation. I don't want to say something's going to offend somebody. But at the same time, you know, if 100 people watch this, I'm going to offend someone. Yeah, yeah It's just the way it is. Yeah. There's nothing I can do about it. If someone tells me they're offended, they're offended, fine. It is what it is. Yeah. What can I do? Exactly. However, I don't want to tell people what they want to hear because in order to get people to go from one position to another to change their lives, you've got to tell them what they need to hear. The problem with the snowflake uh, person or a snowflake generation is is that you tell them what they need to hear and they'll take offense to it. And then I'm supposed to take their offense to heart and readjust myself to them. I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. 
Why would I do that? Do you feel there's a constant uh, battle, I suppose, then to we'll say, let's bring it back to the fitness side of things of like, you know, someone comes to you and says, this is the problem I have, and you tell them, because you have experience, like, mm. this is what you need to do. These are the mistakes you're making. Yeah. And they get offended yeah, by that. But you see, I think there's probably a couple of different layers there, right? So we're talking about clients who come into the likes of your business here and you've got a client and you need to take them from one place to another. There's a lot of psychology involved there. That's different than, than say what I do, which is I'm trying to take somebody who's going to be a professional to take these people through a journey. Yeah. Do you get me? Yeah. So there's a whole different set of standards there that I would, uh, would deal with or allow to happen if the person is a client, my job is to educate them about where they are, get where they want to go, because you know, your, as you know, your client may very well want to become a sports person, you know, become maybe a bodybuilder or whatever it is that they want to become, and then you take them from one place to another, right? But if I'm training a trainer who's going to then come and you interview them someday, like we've, we've had plenty of times referring people on, and say, here's somebody who can make it as a trainer, if you give them a chance, an opportunity, and a job, I can't sense, I can't recommend somebody like that. They may get qualified, right? But as far as me recommending them to become the person who then looks after this person here, which is representative of your business, there's very different levels there. So, so the, 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 the client person, yes, I'm willing to coax them along, let them see what they want to do, let the doors open for them so they see where they're going. But if I have someone here who's telling me they want to become a trainer and they're going to deal with these people, I can't, you can't really accept this whole snowflake thing because they have to learn the correct way to do this. Yeah. Like I always say to people, 80% of your ability to succeed in your life is going to be based upon your ability to deal with other people. If you can't deal with other people, you've got no, no, you're probably not going to be successful. Yeah, no, 100% agree. Yeah. So, so when you tell something to somebody and then they take offense to it, I never said it to offend them. I'm telling them because they need to hear it. Yeah. So, so, so let's, say, let's say you've got somebody working for you in a job here. And it's your business. You have to protect your business and your clients. And then somebody comes in and works for you and they might be learning the ropes and it takes a long time to get really good, right? So they're allowed to make mistakes. You cannot learn without making mistakes. So you as a boss has to allow them to make those mistakes, right? Now let's say they make a mistake and you come to them and say, look, whatever your name is, such and such a thing is after happening, we don't want that to happen because that can affect our business and ultimately affect your job, right? Now that person can turn around and say, in thanks a million for telling me that I get it I'm going to really you know look at what I did and I'm going to learn from this and I'm going to move forward shake your hand on it now they have they have another string to their bow and now they have more mileage on their clock or they can just turn around and go when oh, I feel offended and, and, and you're giving out to me and now I might go home and cry or tell my parents and then they all tell me that I'm a lovely person do you know what I'm saying to yeah. you it, it, we've, we've, we've got to be able to like, you can never become a good leader unless you are first a good follower. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or a good student or what, whatever way you want to describe it. And therein lies what I see from my level, training people who want to become professionals. Try to instill that passion to them yeah. to understand that there is no one formula to achieve something. There's no like client walks in the door and go, do this, this, this and this. Yeah. And then they'll achieve all their dreams and you're a great trainer. I had the tigers playing in the background yeah, yeah. and it all looks great. That isn't how it works. Yeah. 
So they've got to learn. That's what people, I think that's the false belief people have though. It is. It's just, it's just give me this and tell me what to do and here we go. And here we go. Yeah. I, I get it all the time. Like, and I'm not knocking anybody. I'm not knocking students. I'm not knocking anything. But I will get people who come in and, they, and they'll say to me, I'll give them case studies to do and things that they got to do or tr- make a workout for me. Take somebody through this workout. And they keep checking every bit of the workout with me. And I'm saying, I can tell you the answer is what you're looking for. I'd rather you discover the problems, come back, discuss the problems with me, because then you found them for yourself. Make the decision, live by the sword, die by the sword. You're allowed to make mistakes. If you make the mistakes, then you can see what happened and you can readjust it for the next time. If I keep telling you and leading you by the hand, telling you exactly what you need to do, because I had to go through the difficulty of learning it, you don't learn anything. Yeah, the problem I feel there is with that, is that that just hand me this and tell me what to do mentality is when you come away from the crutch which would be you or come away from the crutch of you when say ATP when you join if you didn't learn anything you still have the rest of life to face your problems to face and if you haven't learned anything or when you hit a problem where someone dealt with that loads of times before for you yeah. now you have no idea how to deal with yeah. it and it's yeah. a bad world up there yeah. it's yeah. Normal, yeah. and that's, that's yeah. what yeah. people don't like, like for, for me the number one, no matter what anybody does no matter where they work what they work at it doesn't matter where they're at now whether they're earning like 12 grand a year or 112 grand a year your, your, your blueprint should always be that you want to make yourself better your blueprint should be to grow. Like, you know, like when, when you see a flower going out of the ground, it doesn't go, well, I've grown and I've got to stop here. Yeah. It keeps growing in the direction of the sun. It keeps going. Yeah. So, like, we should be the same. So, to do that, we, we've got to put, we've got to put in the graft. You've got to work hard. You've got, you got to face obstacles. You've got to overcome the obstacles. You've got to live by the decisions that you made. But at least you're doing it. Yeah, I think so. And like, you know, say that the industry we're in now and where we're at, it is a boom but right now still. The fitness industry, 100%. Absolutely is. Do you think it's going to continue to boom? And like, where do you see it going, say, in five, ten years' time? Where, like, you know, where we're at um, now with the PT? It's more PT studios than kind of gyms, really. Yeah. Know, think of it. Uh, I think if you go back about ten years ago, I remember saying at the time, I wasn't doing the current job that I'm doing now. I'm going into my, say, my ninth year in total doing that. But I remember thinking the fitness industry is going to segment or fragment, right? So the, so it's going to move away probably from, this is what I was saying back then, moving away from everybody joining a large gym and then just going out to the gym floor doing their thing to maybe places setting up to do specific things and then people going for them. Now, a lot of people hold on to their gym membership yeah. and still go to a gym, so like for PT, or they go to classes, or they go to, they go, for, you know, for strongman, or they go for Olympic lifting, or they go for, for whatever it is that they go, they still may, might hold a membership in a gym. Yeah. Um, and it kind of did go that way. It did. Kind of segmented and started to segment. Now, I suppose to see what's going to happen in the future, you've got to look at other countries that have that are already ahead of us and what their fitness industry is doing. So the likes of America, Canada, Australia, uh, look at London, mm-hmm. right? And what you have is you've got a lot of specific style places that people resonate with and they go there. Yeah. But you also have then where the large gyms, where the large gyms have everything under one roof. So a large public gym is not just like the likes of the ones that are, say are in here, around Cork or whatever. They are massive and they have all of those different um, segments under the one roof. Mm. You know? Go, yeah. But what I also notice is there is a big difference between the fitness industry in Cork and the fitness industry in Dublin. So, th- so there is. So like uh, going back uh, about a year or 18 months ago, I covered um, one of our courses in Dublin 
just for just for one term I covered and I did one day a week in Dublin the industry was different you know now I worked in the industry in Dublin back in say 2009 2010 right into 2011 even before I moved back and it it's not that it is completely different but the some of the emphasis on things are different uh, people's willingness to part with their money for certain things was different. Yeah. It, it, the, the business end of it was a little bit different, yeah, you know? Indeed. So you'll probably see that, that it will, there will always be differences between the different uh, places. Yeah. You know? do, like, do you feel like, I suppose, for PTs maybe watching this thing more coming through, do you think it's just going to grow and grow? I, I, it, it has to. Here's the thing, though, I'd say to anybody. When anyone tells you a market is saturated, when anybody tells you that, oh, there's no point in doing that because there's too many people or whatever, you, you, you've got to remember, you have to learn to value yourself. You've got to be able to learn the tricks that, that determine what your value is. So when somebody tells you there's too many there already, to me, that's a load of bull. Because, because I can make myself in any industry that I have a passion for one of their very best in doing that. Look, I'll tell you, look, it was simple. My story was I came to, to, to start Image Fitness in Cork that was already established in Dublin, right? That was, say, in 2011. Um, the con- so, so we sat down and we decided to work it out. I said it to a few people. I was teaching a smaller course in Dublin at the time, right? Um, and... I said it to a few people who said, well, there's no way you can go up against X, Y, and Z, won't name names, everybody knows who they are. You can't go up against them because they already, they already have the name in the market. And I thought, well, I can't, if I allow that into my head, I am then trying to make my career and, and establish my passion, put my stamp onto something that is a version of what they think it is and they're not in it. So I had to stand up and go, right, okay, I just have to put all this out of my head, put my head down, understand that when you plant the seed in the ground, the grass doesn't grow straight away. It takes a length of time before the grass starts to come true. And that is exactly what happened. And I said, if, if I take the things that I felt that I, I needed when I was training, match them to the qualification because you've got a standard, you know, you've got a standard criteria. Yeah. And a minimum standard criteria that you must meet. But if, if I can take the things that I felt I could have done with, put them in on top of that, right? Create a little bit of time for people to ask questions and to, to even talk about their own training or own people or whatever, the things that they heard on television, on the radio, whatever. If I can do that, that's, that's where the education is, to, to be able to talk. And I guarantee you, if you ask anybody, five years later, recall something from the course, they probably recall some of the conversations we had rather than exactly what was in the manual. And that's not an insult to the course or to me or to Image Fitness or anything like that. It's because it's those extra things, right? So when I went in, I just had to put my head down. We started with one course. You want to know? Yeah. And, 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 and we just went from there. And I said, I'm, I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to put everything into this. I'm going to try and, put it, and instill a passion to these people. Some will get it, some will not. Yeah. And you know what? It took a little bit of time. But I got there. Yeah. Do you know I got I got. I know there. you're probably the, the most well respected in Cork, and you know, I know of like and so anytime a CV comes in from Image Fitness, we definitely take yeah. take a look like and it's great. And, and kind of that's how it works as well. So you get a CV in, you see my name on that CV, you yeah. know me, you can pick up the phone, you yeah. can give me a show, I can talk to you. Do you know and, and to establish that relationship with some of the some of the gyms in Cork, some of the PT places and the larger, uh, say, uh, public gyms as yeah. well, has been brilliant for me. Yeah. Now it takes a lot of my time. I don't get paid for it. Mm-hmm. I do it on my days off. 
but I always do it. Yeah. The man who that, does more than you get paid for will always have work. Yeah. You'll always that have comes work. back to the snowflake thing yeah. again. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, I ain't going to yeah. sit around and say at home, today's my day off, I'm not going to reply to that. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. I'm probably one of those people that if you message me, you will get a reply from me. Yeah. Bar something happens, and, and for some reason I didn't see it or something like that, you'll ask a reply from me. It could be one o'clock in the morning, it could be two o'clock in the morning when I actually get to bed and I sit down and I go through, okay, I have five emails, I have three text messages, I got, and I will do them sitting in bed, but you'll get a response yeah. from me. I'm not going to say, well, it's my time, I'm not in work right now, or oh, it's after five o'clock in time. That, that, that life doesn't exist with me. It's, it's that work ethic, I suppose, and that comes down to mindset. We'll talk about more on later on, you know, different people, different mindsets, but like with the fitness industry side of things, I suppose, like, what I'd like to know is so like it's kind of come full circle regards people 30 years ago 40 years ago I speak for my dad and one of them anyway you know food like nutrition wasn't the thing they even thought about you know no. and that, that kind of fed through to a lot of the generation which led to the, the obesity epidemic or whatever do you believe two generations from now with like the way we're going that it'll be a little different people are more educated like you do you think or do you think it's people, not enough people are educated it's do you know what it's so hard to predict because with when an industry grows and it's now easier than ever for anybody to have a gym membership or to get access to a gym or to get access to exercise or to get access to information for exercise, right? When I started and I, and I thought I was going to be the next coming of Arnold Schwarzenegger when I was 18 turning 19 years old, for me to get information, there was nobody where I lived. Someone told me that there was a guy that used to compete years ago. That guy was in his 60s. I couldn't even find him. And then when I wanted to get a bit of information, the internet was there, but I had to book into the library to be able to sit down, to get on the internet, to be able to, to get the information I needed and then pay whatever amount of pence at the time Don't it was per sheet. Then, it? It, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but but to, to, to pay X amount of pence per sheet to be able to, to, to print off the information I needed and go home and read it or get a book on bodybuilding in the, uh, in the library or whatever. Yeah. Now, people have it, like, you know, like my phone there in my pocket, I can have everything in two seconds, right? So you think with that will come probably a consciousness of fitness, and it is, but it, everything has an equal and opposite reaction. Mm. Now, we've got a child obesity epidemic where children, so we're, we're, we're in August heading for September, kids are going back to school at the end of this month. We got kids who are wearing 38 inch pants in primary school. That's crazy. Like it's now, that's not the child's fault, no. and I know people don't want to hear this. this is that is the parent's fault, and I don't care what the excuse is of he doesn't like this, and he doesn't like that, and she doesn't eat this, and she doesn't, she doesn't eat it because you never created the, the awareness to eat it, and you always gave them something else. Now, I know that. I was a savage of a child to eat, and of course, if you gave me junk food, I'd eat it from morning to night, but the fact is, I didn't get it, mm. okay? So with that then, to answer your question, will come th th these issues that we now have of child obesity epidemics. We've got, a, we, we've got an increase in cardiovascular disease. We've got an increase in type two diabetic conditions. So we've got an so while, while, while the curve is increasing over here, in fitness and, and awareness of fitness and health and eating and nutrition and all those other things, we also have this proportionate rise in all of the reverse side of that. It's a bit mad because like you think, like my belief is that like you know we educate enough people that they now know so like someone who comes in and becomes fully educated on just overall health like nutrition that they can pass that on to their children. But I do feel we've missed a generation. I do feel it'll be yeah. hopefully like not the people training no will be their kids that yeah. will eventually yeah. have it like yeah. which and they're going 
it has to be the parents become educated. So yeah. there's a lot of there's some really yeah. good initiatives I see in schools. At the moment. It's fantastic, there really is. good, great work. But yeah, they're still going home to the parents. So yeah. I think we need to tackle that. I agree 100. And here's the thing: I had I've had a, school, a few school teachers on the courses, loads of them actually, and talked about you know the way they do the no sugar day in school yeah. and they do the no sugar. Now, I if I had a child of five years old, would not want them to be told. You can't do this, can't do this, can't do this, and you can't do this, because now we're creating an awareness of, I want to do this, I want to do this, right, yeah. with certain children. I'll take control of it, and when they're old enough to make their own decisions, hopefully they'll make better decisions. Yeah. That's easy for me to say because I don't have any children, yeah. right? You can cross the line very easily, very easily. So if we said, oh, there's a no, there's a no, there's a no junk food day in school. That's fine. And then maybe the school does something to give them alternatives. And then, so there's an education rather than just don't do this. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's what I'm missing. Do you know? Don't do that. Because we can, especially with girls, happens to guys as well. And I, I have loads of experience with this. We can, do you know the razor's edge? We can dance to either side of the razor's edge of we're trying to make you aware of health and we can tip over the other side to an eating disorder, like that. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's that's the this mentality of like you can't have something, but not necessarily knowing why. It's just, and then you associate that's bad, and that that's not necessarily yeah. bad. It's yeah. it's that again. It's the lack of education. But what, what I see, and I've said this to Key in a few times, I feel like we're trying lots of things. I just don't think we've got it fully right yeah. yet in the yeah. schools. Like there was but, a thing about yeah. uh, one of the teachers was telling me there's a thing. It's a food thing where they swap a food for a healthy food and like a piece of vegetable or whatever. But she said once there, there was like to get the food you gotta like no homework or whatever. There was kids in a gag and eating like vegetables and they're going like that's not necessarily yeah. giving them a good experience either. It isn't. It you isn't. Know? And that's it the thing, isn't. it's that experience that they're yeah. they're getting is going to relate. But if they're coming home then and the parents still don't have any of the education of what like what food is and what it does, then yeah. they're just gonna be going back to school. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And uh, that is the problem. And I think like the other side of it I think the activity side is a massive part of it so like getting kids moving it, it's unbelievable especially and I, I always say I feel very old when I speak about you know phones and iPads and stuff like that like you know but I, I don't believe from talking in a few schools myself going in and speaking telling people come off your phone come off your iPad it's not going to work no. so we need to find a better way it's the generation yeah exactly so I think, well, again what you see is people tackling going we need to get them off their iPads get them off the phones get them outside playing yeah. That's not where that's not where we're going. Well, that's ideal, but that's not going yeah. to happen. So yeah, because you see, you've also got problems in there as well. Is that like okay? So on my next birthday, next April, I'll be forty, right? <sighs> Things that we could do, and it makes me sound old. I say this years ago. Like I feel like I'm like my parents. Now. <laughs> well, things that you could do years ago are not really conducive to doing them today. You can't re. We could always walk to school. So we were getting exercise for 25 minutes of what it took me to walk from my house to my school, you know, at a brisk walk now, and walk home at evening time. Eventually got a bike, and then I used to go home at lunchtime. So I go down in the morning, back at lunchtime, back after lunch, back home at evening time. So you're getting a bit of exercise, yeah. right? You can't have little kids walking to school nowadays, because now the, wor the world, 
is not conducive to that in case we've got people trying to kidnap them, pick them up, hurt them, do things to them. So it's not conducive. Yeah. And not saying that didn't exist back then, but it seems that we have a problem now. Mm. Like, you know, we've got to be very careful of that. We've got to be responsible for the kids. Like, I couldn't have a child walking to school the next minute they got missing. And, yeah. I mean, you know, or whatever. So there's certain things we can't do that we could do. So there's no point in us harping back to when they could do them. We can't do them. If you go back to the previous generation, you could leave your front and your back door open all night when you went to bed. We can't do that. Yeah. Do you, know what I'm, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we've got, as you said, we've got to grow with the times. Yeah, but I, I, was, I was asked to sit in a focus group for the HSE um, to talk about what we could do. Basically what you're saying is to, be, to, to create more of awareness of healthy eating and so on and so on. And, so on. and one of the questions I asked them is, why do you want to create a consciousness of healthy eating? Look at your food pyramid. Yeah. Problem number one. The second thing as well is, you increase the VAT rate on health supplements. Problem number two. So you want to you want to ease an issue here, and then you're burning the issue over here. Yeah. You can't go left. <laughs> you can't turn left when you will need to go right, but you still turn left and know that you need to go right. You can't do that. Do you know? Another bizarre one for me. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it. Was the sugar tax? I thought it was like that's not a solution to a problem. No. Whatsoever. Let's punish everybody for people who can't control themselves. Yeah, it's just crazy. So I just think again, what happened was I, I seen a, I read a review, an eighty page document on obesity in Ireland, what they're planning on tackling it, and they just came across that they had a one day like loads of professionals, fantastic, like but they had a one day seminar in on it, and then they came together with this document of what they're going to do, and it's just it's like we're going to throw this at the wall and just see what sticks. Like, see what sticks. It just needs to be. On a, for a grander scale sort of things like you know it needs to be a, a different kind of it needs to be holistic yeah. it needs to cover everything and that's what I think coming back to clients is that we, we've grown up initially you no know, thinking it's just exercise it's just nutrition whereas no more people get into a stage where realising it's an overall all around approach Absolutely. You're, you're eating crap food because why like what's leading to that it's not just I want to crack food or lack of education there's other reasons behind that yeah. you know and then chase an exercise as yeah. I'm going to exercise six times this week and that'll do me, but like not knowing that that's not really going to help unless you look at the deeper issues. Like. Yeah, which is why I said to you earlier on, so then from my point of view, being up here trying to, trying to train trainers to become the professionals to deal with these issues, is, is that it goes way beyond just the exercise, just the eating this yeah. food, just all these things. It runs so much deeper. Yeah. Now, try and educate people to be good at that to actually get inside the heads of people. And it's very challenging because I suppose we've had conversations in here from you know, in, in staff meetings and stuff and some people have said to me like trainers and stuff like Ian we're not like life coaches we're not you know, counsellors you know, and they're going like we're not but just it's still part of if you're comfortable it's part of it like if you look at somebody who comes in massively stressed can you help them with their stress like, yeah. you know? Any good trainer any good trainer when they, get, when they get a chance, everyone needs a leg up. Everybody needs a chance in the world, yeah? But when they get the opportunity, if they want to become a personal trainer or whatever and they're, they're going to work for somebody like you, they're not going to go do their own thing and they're going, to, they're going to get the experience, every trainer should realize very, very quickly that the natural progression to this is to look at some area of psychology, look at sports psychology, look at general psychology because the human brain works, the human brain works. Um, look at coaching, life coaching and all those things because they are holistically all connected to each other yeah. and will feed into each other no education you ever do along that line will ever be wasted I ever. completely completely agree as in, I think like when you listen to somebody speak and you realise right, this person's main issue isn't the fact that they haven't been exercising there's a couple of other things going on here and you, even if you, if you don't have the experience talking to anybody who might be watching it to tell them then you guide them to where to go let's go look why don't you go speak to this person who might have that qualification that you might be comfortable talking to 100% and that's very very important I think and that's what I'm hoping the industry is going towards 
is that you know nutrition and exercise are big tools yeah but there's five like i believe there's six or seven i think like you know good relationships i think you know having looking after stress looking after sleep having a purpose in life your mindset they're all things that will really help people improve their overall lives yeah. whereas if we just tackle nutrition or just tackle exercise you're, you're missing the big yeah. picture because what you're doing is you're addressing the symptoms yeah and we all know that we can address symptoms all we like but the real magic happens when, when, when we can address the underlying issue yeah and then we can work and a lot of people just don't want to go there is what I found like you know but if you can get a person to open up to themselves and get there yeah. that's where like I, and the, the frustration I suppose we have is that I've seen people open up to themselves, be honest with themselves, and get unbelievable life-changing results and like change their entire life. And you know, when you see people, you're like, oh, if we can get everyone else to do it, but some yeah. people are just completely, you know, they don't want to go down that route. They don't want to go down that road. They don't want to take responsibility. Yeah, they don't want to open up. I call that having a come to Jesus meeting with yourself. I always say that to my students. You have to have a come to Jesus meeting with yourself. You have to sit down in the cold light of day and go, what's the situation here? Yeah. And it's hard. It's very hard. It's never been easy for anybody. Yeah, it is hard. Because if you think, if you think I don't talk on it about you know being on a diet for the rest of your life, people who are on these diets for the rest of their lives are the ones who are not looking at as a whole. They're just when done this diet, done this exercise, didn't work for me. I better go again. Yeah. And you're like, like, there's a reason you're falling off the wagon. It's not necessarily some diets are horrendously bad that people are giving, but yeah. it's it's other issues that are going on. So yeah. like, people need to wake up and kind of realize Absolutely. that there's other ways to do it huge like, online issues there yeah. I mean, you meet them all the time it's one, of the, one of the great things about being a, a trainer and, and especially when you're like dealing with people you know it, I don't I think if you did it for 150 years somebody will walk in and 150 year in one day and you'll go never found this before yeah well, that's, um, I think I think the, the groundwork uh, like from walking on the floor as a PT is massive like you know the, the amount of people you meet I've trained thousands of clients yeah and not one of them are the same, you know, and that's, no. so if we're just branding things of like, off here you go, and that's the big challenge, I think, to have a large scale impact on things, yeah. is that it is, we're in an industry where we picked one where it's like, it's not like accounting, you know, everything no. is different, and it's just like no. you, so how trying to put a single solution answer yeah. to a you large problem. I mean, the, for, the first principle of training always has been individuality, the principle yeah. of individuality, no one size fits all. Yeah, so I think you need to kind of, again, that's why I believe then personally it's from an educational point of view that if someone, if you can give someone the tools, they know have a choice. Yeah. And if, if they didn't do nothing with it, at least they have the choice. Whereas if people don't have that yeah. education or knowledge, they, they yeah. have a bit of an excuse. I've had to be watching this is going to somewhere who tells, them, who tells them one size fits all, they're lying, are seriously misinformed and yeah. don't have the education. One of those. And I suppose like, you know, the positives in the boom in the fitness that we've seen are, I suppose, People are exercising more, you know, they're definitely more aware. Uh, nutrition has become more, but like, what would you say, as big as it's after getting the negative side of the boom in the fitness industry? Ooh, okay, so I suppose for me, uh, last year in April, say of 2018, I succumbed to peer pressure and I made my first post on Instagram, okay? So, I've been on Facebook. I've been on Facebook for years. Yeah. Uh, a couple of my students were saying, "Geez, you're the only person on Instagram that has what I ha- had at the time is about six hundred odd followers with no posts, <laughs> no likes. I didn't follow anybody back or anything like that. So I succumbed to peer pressure. And I said, "Okay, do you know what? I might post up here. I'm not going to do it relative to my work. I might, I might put up a little bit of fitnessy stuff or throw up the odd. I, up to that point, I hadn't taken a picture of myself in the gym. I'd never taken a picture of myself training. That's rare. Yeah. Now, if you go to my Instagram now, there's a few yeah there is there's there's a few there is a few and i realized you know this is the way it is right this is the way it is but during that time when i jumped onto instagram and i had i was having a look i was blown away by the fakeness of the whole thing 
just the whole thing. And I thought, if I was a girl or a guy in my teens or whatever, if I was really young, I would, not knowing what I know, so let's say I didn't know what I know, I would feel that that was representative of reality and that reality, I couldn't fit it. That would make me feel horrible about myself. I think that's what we see. So if there's people out there who feel that they can't live up to what they're seeing on Instagram, that's good. Yeah. Because the people who are on Instagram can't live up to themselves on Instagram. Yeah. That's a good way of looking at it, to be honest. Yeah. They don't. Now, the same thing happened years ago, which was open a magazine, right? Yeah. So we're going real old school now. Open up a magazine, look at a, a competitor, either a pro athlete, usually bodybuilder. For me, it was like bodybuilding, right? So I look at a bodybuilder on stage and I go, oh my God, like to look like that. And then years later, for me to realize, they look like that on that day. And I have loads of friends who are bodybuilders. I'm not, you know, I train like a bodybuilder, but I don't compete, and I did when I was 19 and 20. But, and when I look at my friends now, and I've got one particular friend who comes to train with me, and he's a pro, and, and, and I admire him for what he does. But the reality of it is, he'll tell you himself, I look like that on the day. Hopefully, if all goes well, I will look like that on the day. Yeah. And that it doesn't happen the day before, or it doesn't happen the day after. Do you know what I mean? Which is, which is, which is where the learning curve is for these people to be able to get to this point. So for me, opening up a magazine and, and thinking, I want to look like that, I had no idea what it took, the type of person it took, all of the other things associated around yeah. that. And then the reality, the fact is, that it is a one-day thing. Now, I, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that these people don't look awesome all year round. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because they are in shape. That's not what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. I'm just saying that, that the, the snapshot of yeah. that picture in that moment in time is not reality. Yeah. Now, but now, now... Like, you can filter your pictures. Now, I'm not saying that like an, an uneducated person. Yeah. Well, I don't, I, I'm not really good. I, I can't use, what you call it, I can't use the um, photoshopping. Yeah. I, I, I can't use photoshopping, yeah. I admit it, right? But I know that when you scroll across your picture, you can change the filters as you go, yeah. right? And those filters make a huge difference to your they picture. Now, if I could photoshop, I could make myself look completely different. I can't, right? I don't want to learn how to do it. I don't care to learn how to do it, right? But, but and, then I, and then you put that up there. Now, everybody can have professional-looking pictures that are not actually representative of reality. And how do I know this? Because I've met them. Yeah. I have, and I'm not putting anybody down, met plenty of people through my work and otherwise um, that I had seen on Instagram. And when I met them in person, it was like, oh. Yeah. And that, that is the case. It's, I suppose, I, even speaking from my personal point of view, uh, I've done three bodybuilding shows and done four shoots. I remember, yeah. And... Like what I learned from them, so I kind of talk not not badly of them, but it's just the experience I got when people are going doing them. Like, are you sure? Because again, it is that one day that you're in that shape, and everyone will give you the kudos for getting to that shape. But like, I put on seven kilos two days later, like after you know, and that's because you fill up the water. But, but it's me, yeah, it's yeah. me, it's me going. I know what's happening to my body here. I know how to diet it. I know what I'm after doing here. I know the way to come back on. Somebody who doesn't have knowledge, yeah, that like, is what the, the hell is after happening. That is, but that, that, that is exactly what I'm saying. Mm. You talk to any pro athlete, pro bodybuilder, pro fitness model or whatever, they get it. We, this is what we do. We diet down. This is the way we feel. We come to the end. We do our shots. It's over. Here's what we do. Yeah. Either a person looking at that aspires to that 
and then gives themselves a hard time because they, they are not there now and they might be going to the gym, they might be eating well, they might be yeah, doing their fitness or doing their sport, it doesn't have to be the gym, mm-hmm. whatever it is that they're doing and they, they haven't reached that and now they hate themselves. And you see, yeah. you see it all the time. Then we have the people who decide that they too want to do a photo shoot. More power to you if that is what you want to do. 100%. However, when people, sometimes I get plenty of people who I know are students, whatever, saying, I'm going to do a photo shoot. What do you think of going to this person to prep me or whatever? And I say, yeah, do. Yeah. But, but just remember this. Have a plan for the day after it finishes. Yeah. I'm telling you, I have seen it firsthand. Obviously, I'm not going to name names. I, I promise you, I'm telling you the truth. When I say I have had people contact me in a state, mentally, yeah. emotionally, they're not so much in a state physically, yeah, because you know, still in good shape, but they're in very good shape. The day or to say the week after, or they, you know, three weeks later, they'll contact you about. I did my photo shoot three weeks ago. I feel so terrible about myself. I haven't been to the gym in the last three weeks. I'm like, why? And it's because you didn't have a plan for the day after the photo shoot ended. It's like coming to the edge of the cliff and falling off. Yeah. And it's it's a lesson in life that, first of all, like I said, these people know what they're doing. The, the, the pros know what they're doing. These people need to be told that this happens. And they need a plan for this ends. Yeah. But the problem is, what happens, and I've seen happen is, they will do this, they fall off the cliff, cycle of, in some cases, depending on the person, may actually get depressed. Uh, not clinical depression, yeah. but may get depressed. Feeling terrible about themselves, so they've got a cycle going, right? So then what they do is, they start posting pictures, from right, the from the shoot, so throw back to when I look like this, throw back to when I, whatever. I'm like, okay... I can see what's going on in here for this person, like sitting at home, coming, it's coming through my phone at me or my computer or whatever at me. So then what they do is they'll rebook a photo shoot yeah. to give them something to do to, to go again, which yeah. is now their goal, yeah. right? Which is, I always say to people, you should have your goals because goals are then things we to aim for. But the one thing that people always miss out on is, is that no goal probably holds the most beauty in the achieving of the goal at the end point. The beauty is always in the journey to that point and the things that you learn and the other things that you get interested in, which is why you have to have short, medium and long-term goals because then we don't just have one goal and when it comes to the end, it's a massive come down. Yeah, and I think it's, it's huge from a mental health point of view. Definitely, look, I've, because I've done it myself, but I can definitely see from experience, females, definitely more than males, struggle a lot harder when post-shoot. Like they really find it very yeah, hard. it's so hard for them. Yeah, I'm very wary of of, of like when a female says I want to do a shoot. It's like, are you sure? But as long as you as long as you understand the repercussions and what's actually happening, I'm yeah. okay with, with someone doing whatever. Yeah, no problem. But Me too. It's when you don't know and don't understand is where yeah. issues come. But like speaking on the goals, there a big one I found over the years is a bride. So when a bride comes and it's the wedding is the biggest thing in their life. Okay, they're training with you for six months for a year, all for this big day. I've seen it happen quite a few times now where a bride has had the wedding, had their honeymoon, come back and it's like, and it's like deflated. I'm like, you're married. I go, this is kind of the idea. But it's like, they had this thing again coming to the edge of the cliff. I know you're getting married, you probably are jumping off the cliff, but I've seen it happen where people don't have another goal set up and ready to go. And I think that's very important for people to understand yeah. that this large goal, like you can't, it's not just that. Yeah. You know? but, you, but you've got to have goals in all areas of your life. I mean, like, fitness has been so much of my life for years, you know? Like, I started, my very first job was radio. So I started off in radio, and then I eventually kind of nearly mixed the fitness and the radio together and training radio people and TV people and all that kind of stuff. But 
I have my interests. I have my goal. My whole life outside of my job does not revolve around me or my fitness or my body. Do I train religiously? Yes. And this is the one thing. I'm not patting myself on the back by any means at all, but I've been training for 20 years. You can't train for 20 years unless you got the knack of training. Do you get what I'm saying? There are people who have been training for 20 years where they train for six months, don't train for six months, train for a year, don't train for two years, train for a Did you get me? Yeah. I have never gone away from it. I broke my back in 2002 from a fall off a horse. It sidelined me for about four months. That's the only break in training I've had for all those years. And even at that, I was still rehabilitating myself. Yeah. So, so like what I always say to people is, I train all of the time. I train all the time. But I don't have to have this all-encompassing nothing else happening in my life goal in fitness yeah i go to the gym it's my therapy i train i lift i love to lift i love to train if i miss a day because of something else happened in my life do i sit there crying or do i say no i don't yeah. i don't i don't but but yet i'm the one person that you will always see religiously training yeah and that's like something i think people need to understand it's something that's going it's to part of my lifestyle time. it's my lifestyle you train regularly, okay? You train quite hard, but you train regularly. You also eat very well, okay? I train regularly, I eat well, 80% of the time, okay? It allows me to have my KSEs and whatever I want, yeah. that's great. But what I'm getting at is, I have not done a juice diet. You have not done extreme, like unless you're cutting extreme low-calorie diets, not all these fad diets. People who are in shape, year-round, and not, not lean ripped to that shape, but I'm saying in good health shape, we're not doing any of these diets. Yet people trying to lose weight are jumping on these diets. So like, would you not look at the person who's in good shape and not, and think twice before you have your juice diet, your cutting out your carbs diet, whatever diet, you know? It, it's just madness. Yeah, but this is why it doesn't matter whether it's fitness, like relationship goals, uh, money goals, finances, job, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. When you set a goal, one of the things you should always do is look at somebody who does the thing already that you want to do. Yeah. What do they do? That's just I completely agree. So, like, people need to stop doing the stuff that they were not doing. Yeah. Why would? Why would? Like, as you said, I don't do juice diets. I don't do any. I, I have my regime of eating. Um, I don't eat like somebody in contest prep. I don't eat like somebody who's about to do a photo shoot. I'm not as lean as somebody who's, about, uh, somebody who's going to do a photo shoot. But I'm a pretty big guy at 106 kilos, um, 365 days a year. I'm fairly lean for a, for a big guy as well. Um, it just is the way that I am. I'm not as lean as those people, as I said. But it's what I do all year round. I don't need... Now, it's probably because we've done a lot of work on ourselves in, in here. I don't need that one particular goal of getting shredded to death mm. to, to make me feel validated. Yeah. Because my training is holistic to me, not just one thing. I, li I, li I love it because it's part of my life. I love it because it's like my therapy. It's like my time away. It, it, me it serves so many other parts of my life. Yeah. So why would Mary or Paddy, because I always just a <laughs> generic name, I have, I both, have, I have Sorry, both, both, both names in my family, right? Um, but why would, would Mary or Paddy make an investment like this for a return of this that doesn't fit into their lifestyle yeah. why would you want to be the regular person who's and like ketogenic is like they're all doing right now fine if it fits in and I, you know yeah, I, we'll I, get into I, a second. I mean but fine but why would you why would a regular person then limit themselves being able to go up with their friends have a meal 
uh, go to the cinema, get a bit of chocolate. Why, why, why would you make that investment for a tiny return for a massive effort? And then you ask them, but what do you really want to achieve? And they just say, well, I just like to look good in clothes. You can do that 365 days a year and really enjoy your life. Because here's the long and the short of it is, you were born on this date, and the end date is going to be somewhere here. You don't know when it's going to be. So you, you better enjoy the, the, the time in the middle, yeah? I'm not saying that we get out of control because then we, we've got people who are walking around endangering their lives because they're so overweight. I'm not, I'm not saying any of those things. But I'm just saying, can you balance your life, be in shape all the time, enjoy your life? Absolutely. Do you need to give an investment for a tiny return? It's like buying a, it's like buying a Formula One car to drive into town and home again and nothing else. Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you do that? It's, I think a big thing is that like, people don't understand that. Like, uh, a big thing we talk about here is balance. Uh, we try and get people to understand balance, but we also very clearly say you become overweight or obese due to an imbalance for a long period of time. You've ate way more than you should, have drank way more than you should. So you're not going to get to this balanced place without some sacrifice. Because people are looking for balance. Like, oh, Monday to Friday will be good, and Saturday to Sunday. But Just let rip. Yeah, there needs to be sacrifice to get to where, where you want to be, and then you can have your weekend and come come back in and whatever. You know, I think that's what people are missing. Yeah, I, but I think that if people... See, when people are happy with the balance, there's no need to reach for this out-of-controlness. Yeah. Out-of-controlness, or whatever way you would describe it. There's no need to say, I have to let rip Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday night, and I'm back on Monday. Because you are a content person. Balance. Yeah. That's all it is, really. It is. Now, I'm saying that's all it is. The amount of work required to get to that point varies from person to person. Yeah. I have seen people try to do it for years and not been able to achieve it. And then something happened in their life which caused a change like that. Yeah. That is what we need to find for people. And that's it. It's that flick of the switch that you're like, and that's where we've come to Jesus meeting. Yeah, yeah. What, exactly. what was it? I've met people who, you know, like I've been involved in, in, the, in the area of treatment of anxiety disorders and so on for, for about 12, 13 years. Um, I've, I've met people who mistook panic attacks for a heart attack and then they end up in hospital, they put them on an ECG, they give them an echocardiogram, they give them a stress test on a treadmill or whatever, but in their mind during those times, they believed that there was something wrong with their heart and there's a risk of them dying here. That was enough when they walked out the door, everything changed in their life. But it took that to, to make the change. Don't want to have to have every person go through that. But what it does tell you is the change and the ability is within you and no external force is required except for you to make the decision to do it. But in some people it takes that for them to reach that decision. On on that side of things, like you know, let's get into the, the mindset stuff, I suppose. Personally I've worked a lot on my own mindset, you know, the last couple of years and it's really brought me on. One of the frustrations, I suppose, is realising where I was then and where I am now due to me walking on it. People who don't know about mindset aren't into that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, like, how do you get into get them to look at themselves and and go, right, it's something in my head here that's making me, like, cut everything out for six weeks of a holiday. It's something in my head that's making me go, I'm not, I'm going to go training seven days a week, flat out, I'm going to cut all my calories down, like, what's... To get them to look inside and go, why am I doing that? Like, how do First of all, it kind of goes back to the conversation that we had earlier on. We don't teach this in school. Mm. Since when I came out, like, fucking, like, yeah. the last couple of years, I've come across that. Like. A four-year-old, what age is a child starting school? Four or five? Yeah, four or five years of age. Imagine if you taught them to think for themselves. Taught them how to do it. It would be so easy. But the problem is we'd have 
far superior adults, which are now probably referred to as the small percentage of people who are woke, awake, get it, we'd have an awful lot more. Problem with that is, it doesn't all suit society because now you can't really control people so much. Mm. Right? We need to start teaching children how to do that. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit like I was at a seminar, did a course online through America, and I was, I was at an online seminar, right? And they were talking about business, okay? And I won't get off the topic, but I'm just saying, they're talking about business. And people talk about having gone to college and doing a business degree and then going on doing a master's, or whatever. And they were asked, when was the last time, when, when you were in college, were you actually, did you receive a class on running a business? Starting a business. What was the class on starting a business? There never was one. Yeah. So to talk about business, and you can't have a business unless you start a business, but there's no, there was no class in a business degree on starting a business. And I know from experience, it's, uh, it's a daunting task, like, you know? So there you go. Yeah. Right? So everything, so, so, so much of our ability, it actually comes, so much of the things that we need to do to get where we need to go is coming down to things that we've got to learn for ourselves because nobody's, nobody teaches them to us yeah. in our formal education the whole way up to our lives. So I would say that the first thing we need to do is start with kids. If I was a, now I couldn't be a primary school teacher, right? I teach adults all the time. I'm probably the youngest student I have now is 16. Um, but I, I, I couldn't take the responsibility of teaching a four or five year old because of the imprint. So the people who do that are special people. Primary school teachers are special people, especially those first years of, of when they're four and five and six years old or Holy Communion, up, say up to the Holy Communion or whatever. You're teaching them how to read, how to write, how to count, all these things. But those people are probably gifted enough that if they worked on themselves, they could actually probably give this to these kids. 100%. Yeah. You know, um, and, and that requires them to do other stuff. But um, in relation to, what would you ask me that question again? So the much as I suppose trying to get someone to understand that it is their mindset more than the nutrition and the excess stuff. You get the, they're the tools, but if you get up here right yeah. is the key, but how do we get into people to look at themselves that way? I, I, think, I think that, well, first of all, you, you, you probably will have to go down the line of like research, reading, uh, uh, listening to things, listening to other people, find people who are good at that kind of thing and listen to them. Now, before people would tell you, well, I can't afford to do that. I can't afford to do that. No. It's free. It's free. I did a course before, going back a number of years ago, an American course, which I paid quite a lot of money to do on a monthly basis. I paid it by the month, which is available online, free. Yeah. Now, am I, am I mad about that? Nah, because I'm glad now it's accessible to people. It was what it was at the time and I did it back then. Right. Another example, just before I say what I need to say. I, on Facebook, going back about a year ago, was looking at a guy who had previously been posting and showing signs of a person who may not be okay. okay. What's that mean? I don't know. I felt, if somebody rang me up and told me that guy took his own life, I wouldn't have been surprised, right? So I was reading some of these things about, my life isn't going like this, I don't have this, I don't have this, and so I said, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna reach out to him. The problem with reaching out to people uninvited is, is that you run the risk of having the door shut in your face. But I'm fine with that. If somebody shuts the door in my face, that's fine because I have a clear conscience that, you know what, I have information that I can give to you that can help you and if you want to take that information, I can give you that information. If you don't want it, that is your business. But so be it. You're, you, know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword, right? Um, and I said to him very basically, and I, this wasn't a, uh, we didn't have a, a conversation uh, through Word or, or, or whatever. This was literally written in, in private messages, right? And I, uh, I said to him, you need to sit down and you need to make a list, right? 
can't even really remember what it was about. But I remember saying to him, you need to sit down and make two lists. I even said to him, get a sheet of paper, divide them two, make the list, here's the head and this head, here's the head and this head. I can't remember what it was now. His response back to me was, oh, me and lists don't really go together. Yeah, that's it. That, that is it though. That's, that's the response you get from people. What do you do? It's not for me or I'm not into it. I'm not going to have you really given it a go. Have, have you really, or have you just tried one part of it yeah. and yeah. thought that's not yeah. for you? Yeah. Thinking, like, you know, I've, I've often mentioned people doing meditation, something I got into, yeah. and it's like, oh, I'm not into meditation. I'm like, how have you tried? Yeah, yeah, I tried breathing and then I sit and walk. I'm like, it's, you know, you haven't tried. Like, you yeah. know, and it's, it's, but it's more than that. It's like writing, you know, life goals. It's like having a diary. It's, you know, a big one that one of our, one of our mentors made us do, our business mentor made us do the hardest thing I've ever done. He made us write out a perfect life. There was no such thing as a perfect life. But to sit down and have to write out, like, this is what I think my perfect life is, one of the hardest things ever. But when I done it, it was like, right, to get that, now I need to kind of do these few things. It gave me that clear direction. Yes, it's just direction. Like, yeah. It's direction. But like, you know, to answer your question though, everything, everything in your life to achieve it will come down to how you see yourself, and I mean in the brutal, brutal reality of what is your opinion of yourself. Not what I ask you, or you ask me, say, and I say, well, I think I'm a good person. When there's nobody there, and you're on your own, in the cold, cold light of day, and the brutal, honest opinion of you in here that you probably won't say to anybody else, what is your opinion of yourself? That is reflected out here. All of that is a reflection of what's happening. Sorry, all of that is reflected out here. So everything out here is a reflection of that belief. Now you can call that your blueprint. You can call it your subconscious belief of yourself because we mostly work subconsciously anyway. We're we're probably 40% of the time consciously doing stuff. We're probably mostly subconsciously doing stuff. So, So what is that belief that you have of yourself? I saw this training clients all the time. Very basic example would be Somebody would come in, they'd lose a bunch of weight, don't even need to go through the journey or whatever, let's say they just lose a bunch of weight, they arrive, X amount of time later, like a new person. And then you, you find out that they kept their fat clothes at home. They kept the clothes from when they were fat at home. Yeah. And you say to them, why did you do that? In case of, so now you realize this is what we need to work on. We need to work on how you see yourself because I don't know about you, but I didn't wake up this morning thinking I might go out and buy, um, you know, a couple of pairs of jeans, a couple of tops that might be three or four times too big for me in case I gain weight over the next few months. Because that's not my consciousness. So now the work with that client is in their consciousness. So so if they are your PT client, your job now in terms of the symptoms of working with them, doing the, the nutrition and doing the training or whatever, is really this much yeah. all of this much is working on how they see themselves yeah. one of the biggest things I, I think I don't know is it just my, my mentality but I personally believe as soon as somebody becomes aware if you're aware of something that you're doing whether it be habit or whatever if you're aware you're doing it and it's not something that's positively affecting you you can change it like you can you yeah. can, you can like, so literally it's like something that like it's like something that's just like a eureka moment for me was realising like you know if I'm doing something in my life on a day to day basis I'm mindlessly doing it, but I'm like, right, this isn't helping me here. You can change it, but it's yeah. getting that awareness yeah. first. Though, it's right? the awareness. Yeah. So, like, that's a really good point because I've had this before as well. I say this to my students all the time. Pe- people who, let's say, somebody is not fit, it could be a friend or a family member, because you know yourself, friends and, f- and family don't see you in the role that you are professionally. So, like, I have been, I've been present in conversations about fitness and things that were completely rubbish 
but like sure what would I know because it's my own family that are talking about it yeah. like sure, that's just Alan and Alan you know whatever like, you know, they, don't, they don't know you in your job or professionally in the way that other people do and I've often had people say oh but it's grand for you because you have the discipline I'm like yeah. what? So you think that I wake up in the morning and I don't have to make conscious decisions? You think that I was born like this? You think that whatever? And I'm saying, you have the discipline. They say, I don't have the discipline. I said, no, you do have the discipline. They say, no, I don't have the discipline. And I say, no, you do have the discipline. Because let's, let's turn it on its head, right? So let's t- say we take a person who's obese, right? Or being told by their doctor or health professional, you're morbidly obese, your life's in danger, you're, you're already got type 2 diabetes, you're developing it, the risk of cardiovascular disease, myocardial infarction, heart attack, whatever, it's, it's, it's all now becoming out of control. Your blood lipids, everything is wrong. Everything is wrong. You need to do something about it, right? Now, if I meet that person today and I meet that person four months from now and the person is still overweight, they carried out the perpetual behavior on a daily basis that allows them to be overweight. I carried out the behavior on a daily basis that allowed me to be who I am. Yeah. And let's say that they refer to that as being fit or in shape or big muscle lad or whatever they refer to that. So the fact is, is that they did have the discipline, but the discipline was pointing in the wrong way. Yeah. So it was destructive rather than helpful to them, but they still had the discipline because let's face it, if they see living my life as being difficult because I have the discipline, I can't live their life because I don't want to be like that. So for me to live their life is very difficult. Yeah. Just as difficult as they're claiming it is for them to live mine. Yeah, no, no. So what needs to change? The, 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 the perpetual daily rituals or routine or whatever to carry out to get them where they need to go. But that will never change unless they view themselves differently in here to actually instigate that in the first place. Yeah, I completely agree. And it, it, it doesn't mean it's easy, but it just means, I suppose, no. it's from experience that we've seen you can do it. Because we've seen people who might have been in that boat who thought they couldn't change or whatever, and then just they get it. And it's like, I've often said to clients, they've come in after maybe three months. So I've seen clients claiming for maybe two years, and she came in and I was like, you got it. Yeah. I'm like, you have it. I'm like, you yeah, finally yeah. got it. And yeah. I just hate it. It's always yeah. up here. And, and what I, I often say to people, I say this, because like, you know, fitness is not just the only area of my life that I'm interested in. Like, you know, I, I'm massively interested in the area of psychology. Why people behave the way they behave. I love it. Couldn't get enough of it. Right? So, and, it, and I don't really care whether I'm applying it to, uh, you know, the shape they're in or their relationships or their, their job or the amount of money they earn. I don't really care because it's always the same principles apply really in the heel of the hunt, right? But when you tell people, you, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. They say you are the average of your five kind of closest people or the people you spend the most time with, right? Yeah. Now, people so, say, so, uh, you know, I hang around with people who are this, this, and this. Um, do you think I should, you know, as, are you insinuate that I should change my friends? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. If that's not who you want to be. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah. Because chances are, let's say, if we, t- if we just keep to the fitness thing and, and, and the obese thing, let's say we've got people who are obese. I, I'm not coming down people who are obese because like, I'd be 100 million percent happy to help them. But let's say they are, and they're hanging around with people who are also obese like that and birds of a feather flock together. Like if that one person wants to change, and the rest of them don't, they're probably not going to be supported the way they'll be supported. They're going to be told, you're grand the way you are, we love you the way you are. But that doesn't help anyone. Yeah. Telling them you love them the way they are isn't helping them. Yeah. The same way as if, 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 let's say, you and I are a whole bunch of lads who went to fitness, got together and training, and, and, and a young lad starts tagging along with us. Chances are, if he hangs around with us enough, he's going to start picking that up too. 100%, yeah. Do you know? Yeah. So like a, a very good thing to do is to sit down, sheet of paper, don't even have to use your iPad, yeah. sheet of paper, 
on one side, write down all the people that you met this week. Or let's say, today's say Monday, right? So let's say we go to the end of the week. Write down all the people that, 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 that you met this week, right? Then write down all the goals you're willing, that you want to achieve. How many of those people fit into those goals? And because if it's not at least like 80 or 90% of them, chances are you're with the wrong people. Yeah, something to even look at. Like, that's yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's, I think, like, you know, I suppose, walking on it, the mindset side of things, is going to be uncomfortable for a lot of people. They, I think some people are using it as an excuse now that, you know, it's all gone mindset and all gone meditation, whatever. It's, it's not gone, it's just new. That's all yeah. it is. It hasn't yeah. gone too yeah. far. It's yeah. just, it's just yeah. no part of yeah. your overall But once people understand, if you do what you always did, you will get what you always got. Expecting to do the same thing and getting a different result is Einstein's theory of insanity, yeah. right? Um, so therefore, to achieve something great or different will require you to behave in a great way or to do something different. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like the comfort zone that people live in, and we've all done it, yeah? The comfort zone is a horrible place to be in. Because once you reach the place which is, I have enough money to go on holidays twice a year, I can have my car, have my mortgage, and grab, that's a horrible place to be in. Now there is no growth anywhere. Because you're just doing the same thing over and over and over again. And so, so some of the greatest change comes through the greatest challenges and the times of your life, the worst times of your life, is the times of the greatest growth because you're now forced to do it. A lot of people can continue to do it without having to face that. But quite often it takes that, that, that time for people to reach that, kind of come to Jesus meet with themselves and like, oh my God, my life is in a mess here. Now I've got to do something different to get yeah. out of it. Yeah. So, so just to reach that level of consciousness and stepping outside your comfort zone is uncomfortable. It is. And, like, like don't want to do and if people think that like, yeah, sure, I'm stepping outside my comfort zone. If it doesn't feel intensely comf uncomfortable, you're not stepping outside your comfort zone. Like, I had somebody last year, I'm not going to name names, right? So, like, I'm very aware of what I'm saying, but, you know, I had, and this is not the first time it's happened, I had somebody come to me last year, pull out of the course, right, that I was teaching them. <clears throat> and I said, okay, that's, that's your decision, whatever. I want to sit down and talk to you, why? Right? So, get understanding why. And, and, and that person said to me, uh, because I don't really like talking in front of people. So I said, so you signed up to become a personal trainer and somewhere in your mind, it didn't cross your mind that you might have to speak in front of people. And I said, what you're experiencing is you're stepping outside your comfort zone, right? You can accept that and say, I'm actually growing here, but the minute the pressure is applied, what happens to the snowflake when you apply heat to it? Melts. Yeah. It melts and they're gone, right? Whereas... The magic was happening at the point of the most discomfort. You were, you were now doing something you've never done before and it was making you better. It was pushing you on. And that is the very second then you called it a day and walked away from it. You walked away from the growth. Why? Because people are, are afraid to fail. If, he, if I was to do something new right now, let's say you put me in a group of people and I do something new and I'd never done it before or whatever, I am happy to make an absolute ass of myself because I will, it's something new. I'm not, I'm not expected to be an expert at something new. Yeah. And if I fall flat my ass, I'll fall flat my ass and I'll get up and I'll say, well, look, I'll give it another try or whatever I'll do, but I'll fall flat my ass. I'm not worried about what people have to say. I'm not worried that somebody's going to laugh at me because everybody's in the same boat when they're picking up a new skill. Yeah. So how, how about like, you know, just on that, the anxiety side of stuff, 
yeah. for people who do worry about what people think about them, for people who do worry in case people laugh at them. Like, what advice would you have for them? Do you know? Because what annoys me is people say to me as well, Ian, it's easy for you have a positive mindset. I'm like, fuck off. I walk on that every single day. That's why I have a positive mindset. It's not easy. Yeah. But I'm like, like, for someone who, like, do you know, if I'd be like you if I stepped in something new, it'd be kind of like, let's give it a go. Some people will not step into something new because of that fear, that crippling fear of what if I yeah. fail or what if, like, how, what advice would you give to them? Yeah. So, so that anxiety is different than when, when people are, when we read online about people suffering from anxiety, which is anxiety disorder. So it's two different things. We need anxiety to survive. Anxiety keeps us alive. It's just, I suppose, when you do something new and new and challenging, that type of stress we refer to as eustress rather than a distress. Okay. Like, got fired from my job and I can't pay my bills. That's, 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 that's the type of stress that's distress. Uh, asking you to do something that you can get stuck into and actually be really good at and challenges you, excites you and scares you all to say, that's eustress. That's the type of stress that you want. That makes you a better person and grow. But for the person who is afraid of what other people think of them, and we've all done it, let, let me tell you right now, like it's probably one of the worst in the world for it. Trying to please everybody all the time and afraid for somebody to dislike me. You need to get over it. That's fairly solid advice. Yeah. Sorry, there is no way around it. There is no way to deal with it except for to get over it. Now, how do you get over it? You just have to do it. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. You can't please all the people all the time. You cannot do it. Like, I often look at politicians and I think, look at them doing their job. They are shredded every day of the week for what they do. I'm sure they don't read it anymore. They don't pay attention to it anymore. You've got to get on with your job and do the best you can do, knowing that when you are doing the best that you can do, that is all anybody can ask of you. I don't, no, I mean actually doing the best you can do, not just saying I'm doing yeah. my best, because so many people say they're doing their best, but they're actually not doing their best. Mm. I'm talking about when somebody really is doing their best. Uh, and, uh, and we'll always have people who are, extra, who are like ducks to water at things, and other people have to work harder at it. Mm. But, but um, one of the things I remember doing, um, I can't remember where I learned this actually, but is walk into like a coffee shop and they, you know when they come up to serve and they say, are you okay? Or when they say, yeah, what can I get you? Stand there, look at the, the menu board or the board above you and say nothing for 30 seconds. Are we challenging enough? Now, that level of discomfort yeah. is so bad yeah. because you got people behind you that want to get served yeah <laughs> you got the person who wants to serve because they've got other people to serve as well and you're taking your time that but feel it feel that discomfort that that's good for you feel that discomfort you don't don't, don't do it every time that poor yeah, person yeah. Uh, but fe feel that discomfort even just to feel it once uh, that is what you've got to get used to mm. but caring about what other people think uh, they're probably caring about what you think um, and you're probably not. There was a quote I put up on uh, Instagram, and it was thought it was really good. It was like uh, it's from an old an older quote, but it was like, if you realize how little people other people think about you, like that's the thing. Like people don't really think that much about you. So like you're making stories in your head the whole time. You're narrating a story in your head, and it's rarely what's actually happening. So like understanding that, like you know, people are worrying about themselves most of the time rather than you and like there was a study done Kim was telling me about it up in a school uh, they done it for a science project but what they figured out was that people who were getting less than 100 likes on their Instagram posts kids, teenagers were taking down that post again it was getting oh, less than 100 likes it. yeah which is absolutely yeah. that's them looking at fair play to Instagram now have taken down that likes thing I'm going to see hopefully it stays there but that, that's just yeah. bizarre like. so you're measuring your popularity on the amount of likes yeah. that you get right? Yeah. less than 100 yeah. likes they're yeah. pulling down the posts yeah. Yeah. which is just that's scary yeah, that is scary it is scary because yeah. you couldn't do that before no that's, yeah. that's the thing there's like, no, no, no word to post it yeah, yeah. and I think like so I think like you know, from 
just an overall like positivity, health, body image kind of point of view, like you know where we're at at the moment versus like I suppose say ten years ago it was really six pack abs, you know, be six pack, even five years ago and stuff like. And now we are this body positive movement, which I think is a really good thing. But like you know, is there a point where somebody is morbidly obese? It's yeah. a danger to their health, like yeah. you know, and they're being body positive. They're being told by other people, you know, love your body. Like, what's your stance on that? Where do you, where do you stand on that? Yeah. So I've seen this whole area of fat shaming, yeah, skinny shaming. Uh, where you know you're not even shaming. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're not you're not even you know people are expecting you now not to even refer to somebody as being fat. You must refer to them as being overweight. You can't say the word fat. You're not about whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I have I've seen I've seen this on television um, where somebody is very overweight and they're being told by the people around them that we love you the way you are. I kind of said it earlier on. Um, we love you the way you are and you're a really good person but we're not talking about whether the person is a really good person yeah somebody's body shape has nothing to do with how nice or horrible a person that they are that's very true but if somebody is very overweight and they're my family member I'd like them to understand if that is the way they want to be that's the way they want to be but do they understand the consequences of that I don't want to see somebody in my family dying needlessly. Needlessly. Heart disease is the number one cause of death worldwide. Worldwide. Now, there's a section of the population who will get heart disease because it's, it's you know, or heart issues because they're genetic things in the family. It's nearly unavoidable. So they, you know, they, they have to spend their lives always checking things and finding things before they happen or whatever. But it's happened to other people because they're, they're just so overweight. I don't want that to happen to somebody. So... Is there something wrong with telling these people, your life is in danger here. Do you get that? Yes. Do you understand the consequences of this? Yes. So be it. Yeah, and that's it. Again, it's that choice. Okay, but get this in. Get this. We seem to have a problem when somebody is very overweight to say to that person, you're very overweight and I'm worried about you. Now it's like, you're wrong, you're fat shaming, how dare you fat shame? It's grand for you because you're like fitness, it's grand for you. But yes, flip it on its head, the same scale, except we're talking about this side of the scale. Now, move to this end of the scale. Let's say you meet somebody, or you walk into a gym and see somebody, or a family member, you walk in, and they are so skinny and underweight, if you want, that their life is in danger. And if you walk up to them and say, I'm really worried about you because your life's in danger, we need to help you. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But it's the same scale. Yeah. It's the same scale. That's it. I agree. I think, like, you know comes down to choice again like you know if, if people if you say it to that person like you just said there but if you say it that way uh, and that person says yeah I know and they don't do anything about it then you can't do any more for that person you can't do any more you know but like and that's, I think it, honestly it's probably the line you've given for the day it was definitely that like you know just because they're overweight doesn't decide whether they're a good or bad person no. and that's the biggest thing people are associating that when it's not the case like, you know, absolutely yeah, absolutely uh, so just mental health we're going to touch on a while ago being effective when it comes to chasing a certain body image so people will always jump on board for a six week to holidays plan. Like, you know, I want to get, lose weight for my holiday. Like, where does that come from? And, and why, that's, that's, that's where the rebound happens. Like, yeah, because, because it's short term, you know, the results are going to be almost instantaneous in the sense that it's happening very fast. 
uh, of course, you know that the faster a result happens, the less sustainability that there is. There is no shortcut to anything, and anywhere that there is a shortcut, there's a price, price to pay for it. We talked earlier on about you know people involved in sport, bodybuilding, competitive athletes and all that. They can implement these protocols, but they know that there's a cutoff point there. They know the price to be paid for it. They know how to deal with it or whatever. The regular person doesn't really. Um, but uh, people want everything yesterday. Yeah. They, I have had people ask me, swear now, have asked me, is there any way that I can just, you know, lose the weight, not have to do too much exercise and not really have to change the way? And I, are, you, are you having a laugh? And you think, you, you kind of get a bit frightened to think that, you know, people yeah. believe that. That there's that's, no modification yeah. at all. It's like saying, can I sign up to a college and get a degree but not really turn up yeah. and kind of not really do any more studies than I already do. No! <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the answer. Like, you know, people no. need to hear that. No is the answer. Just like very quickly, I suppose, I kind of really enjoyed the conversation, but touch on nutrition. Like, what's your stance at the moment? With, as I said, the information that's out there is endless, and people are jumping on every single type of diet. For you personally, what do you feel is the best, like, uh, you know, is it calories? Where are you at right now? Because everything changes. Like, 10 years every, ago, everything changes. I just think for the general population, I think, do we need some kind of, do we need protocols and kind of uh, strict protocols for people in sport, trying to make a weight, getting on stage, photo shooting, all that kind of stuff? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do we need it for the general, Joe Soap? Do I even need it for me? No. I stay in around the same 365 days a year. Now, if you said to me, uh, we're going to go on holidays in six weeks' time, we're going to go, go to Ibiza, would I drop a bit of body fat and get a bit leaner for the beach? Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's that, that, for me, that's that balance point. Am I going to yeah. starve myself? No. no. Yeah. Am I going to I make myself look 10 years younger with my eyes hanging like this? No, I'm not going to do that. So you, do, you know, do you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, like, hovering around where I always need to be, like, so I can go any direction I want to. Um, uh, do you believe calories in, calories out is the answer? I, I, I just, it's, it's, I always say it like this, right? So, I, I have three dogs at home, right? And, um, and I keep horses as well. And it's there isn't uh, dietitians walking around to every place looking at horses nutrition yet they are professional athletes these elite horses jumping and show jumping dressage uh, all, and all these other sports right and there's a very basic principle is when you feed them a food that is nutritious it comes down to quantity if they lose a bit of condition because they start working a bit more feed them a bit more if they gain a bit too much condition because not working as much or you're giving them too much, give them a bit less. Yeah. But it's balanced. It so with people, I always feel, is there any food off the table for you? No. I'm not in favour of omitting a macronutrient. I'm not in favour of omitting like carbs out of the diet and going fat zone and all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe, for, you know, I mean, look, if you look at the ketogenic diet and was developed for, you know, people who are not responsive to epileptic medication and so on, going way back, way back, way back, whatever. Um, does a certain, does, there's people who are so pro uh, a ketogenic diet and whatever, and I just look at the regular person, I think. Like, is there merits for it? Of course there is. Yeah. Is there things that, that can benefit you from it? Of course there is. But for the regular person who's doing it because they just don't want to be overweight, is there a need? No. Definitely. No. Just... You know, if you know, if you enjoy eating a bit of chocolate, you can eat a bit of chocolate. Who who's to tell you you can't? You, I mean, you, you're just living a life. You need to be happy. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're not a professional athlete. Why do you need to stay away from things? Are you going to sit around eating loads of food so you can get overweight? Well, that's not my advice. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's, um, that's where I think calorie awareness comes yeah, in. More just, so than anything else. And, and portion control. Have a look at the portions you're having. It's like people going around saying, I'm gluten intolerant. And I'm, you know, I'm gluten intolerant. And why? Oh, well, like, I'm a plate of pasta. I was like, do you realise that the portion of pasta fit in the palm of your hand there and you had a plate this size? Yeah. Of course you're going to be walking around <laughs> like this holding your stomach, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so... For me, it's just like, you know, work out how many calories somebody needs to eat. They can go to somebody to help them with that if they want yeah. to. And just work how many calories you should eat. Make sure that the person gets enough fats for all the reasons that we take fats, you know, the absorption of vitamins, regulation of hormones, and so on and so on. And we need to get good fats. I'm not talking about like chipper food yeah. fats. I'm talking about really good fats. Um, and then carbs for satiety and, you know, give, fill in the person, giving the person, you know, food that makes them feel like they've eaten yeah, you know because that's what people want yeah. yeah and then enough protein for the for the various reasons that they need protein check their vitamin and mineral status plenty of veg if they don't eat veg there's other things that they can do look it is what it is can a person be healthy absolutely yes yeah and it's again like it's if you give them the tools look and that that's that's our goal here i think is to just create a place where here's all the tools Here's how you walk in your mindset. Yeah. Now it's yeah. up to you. Yeah. Do you know? And yeah. that's where I think we yeah. have to get that. It's like if yeah. you because here you go and now now you have know what to do. If you do nothing with it, that's on you. What's People on you? can choose to be healthier, can be happier. But I think I said the happier side of it comes that you mentioned there about enjoying the journey. That's the biggest thing people yeah. kind of. Because like on your deathbed, I don't think you, I don't know. Like if I think of like let's say I live to eighty or eighty-five years old. I don't think on my deathbed I'll ever look back and say, I'm glad I, uh, I'm glad I didn't eat that dessert 40 years ago there when I was out with my friends and they had this lovely chocolate cake and it was lovely with a sauce. I don't think I'll look back on that in my life and say, I'm glad I didn't do that. Um, but I will definitely be glad that I would try to stay as healthy as I could stay with balance in my life uh, and, uh, you know, not having to be extreme anything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And have balance in life. People should have various as uh, aspects to their life. You know, you've got your health, you've got your fitness, but there's other things to your life as well. You should have family and friends and yeah, you should have all these other and goals for your work and goals for your income and all those other things. So tend to them as well. You know? One of the biggest ones you've touched on there a few times is having more than just a fitness goal. I think that's very, very important. Uh, yeah. And that's you looking at your life as a whole then again, yeah. instead of just yeah. going like tunnel vision, as in, I'm going to lose a stone, that's my only goal. But there's a lot of other important things, people around you, that you need to look after. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, that's kind of and the older you get, like the more of those you're going to have. Like, and, and let's face it, there's, like, for people who are out there and focusing on body, 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 and yet they're not athletes and they don't compete and they're not in, in a sport or whatever, there's going to come a day when you get old, if you're lucky. If you're really lucky, you will get old because a lot of people don't get the privilege of getting old. People don't want to get old, but they also don't want to die either before it happens. So you're going to get old. You can't be 60 and someone say, do you know what, you, look, you still look 20. That isn't going to happen. But someone could look at you and say, if I was to be 60, I'd love to look like you. Or if I used to be 60 and I could move like you, I could yeah. climb a mountain, like, yeah. like you know, do being able to be mobile. Be <laughs> when I look back at the start of my journey and when I started training and trying to learn all that, I had to learn so much the hard way because there was nobody to tell me and very few people to help me and I was getting bad information like, just eat whatever you want to eat and you'll turn it all into muscle and all that kind of thing, you know. Um, I look back and it feels like about 10 years ago. I think it's over 20 years ago mm -hmm. and, and you know, I'm heading for 40 years old yeah. um, 
am I worried about that? No, because like at forty, if somebody else could look at me and say, you know what, like you know, he's a good lad in shape, and he, you know, maybe you know doesn't do, doesn't look like maybe the the traditional view of when a young lad would think a forty year old looks like that'd be great. Like you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Do, do I do I think I could look twenty, or do I want to look? Tw- I don't want to look twenty. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, just want to be happy with what I do, you know. Excellent. So I just want to thank Alan for coming in. A really, really good conversation, and I really appreciate you. More than welcome. Thank you.